The latest Martin and Marlowe Kilcoin Conversation featuring Chuck Marlowe, episode five, believe it or not. You need to subscribe, make sure whether it's Spotify, YouTube, I think we're getting the iTunes thing squared away, Google, all I'm not smart enough to know how it all works. Make sure you subscribe. You can also email Martin and Marlowe at gmail.com. Charles is alongside. Chuck, great to see you, buddy. Great to see you, Martin. First of all, are we getting any emails? Are we actually getting some? I don't, you know, I have to be honest, I haven't checked. You haven't checked. I haven't checked. I forgot my password and I haven't been able to get back in. Kim's going to help me out when she gets back. Correct. That's all correct. We, we actually, last year with the Tony talk, we would get a lot of emails. And Tony, Larusa, for those who don't know, I guess if I say Tony, what do you think? I think Soprano. Larusa, I mean, we're sports guys, we're in St. Louis. So Tony What's another Tony that comes to mind? Like Tony's Pizza? Besides nah. Tony Soprano, Tony Danza? Yeah, so Tony LaRussa <laughs> would generate emails, and I would ask him what I consider to be like a great question. And he'd be like, no, that's, that's hard to say. You know, it's, it's kind of a stupid-ass question. And then I'm like, well, we have an email, and they want to know, what do you think of the designator here? Well, that's a great question. I'm like, no, it's not. Always. Everybody else's question was great, so please submit. But that's good banter because he's doing it on purpose because he's taking digs at you, which is all good, which in the end means he likes you. Can I tell you, he and I were texting the night of Long Gone Summer, okay. the McGuire-Sosa deal on ESPN. We talked about it last week, and his thoughts, my thoughts, whatever. And I, I forget, what are my last thing I sent him was, he didn't respond, which is fine. We'd gone back and forth. and there's ah, a, It bothered you. It sounds no, like it no, bothered no, you a little bit. No, I didn't it's fucking fine, care. but it really wasn't. I'm just telling you. So, but then I wake up at like 4 a.m. and I hear, and all it said was, agreed. Then I had to get up, because I'm like, agreed what? I didn't remember like what the exchange was at the end. So now at 4 a.m., which is what, in Arizona, like 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., I don't know. They're, they're like that mountain slash Pacific. They don't know what time it is. Yeah. He was responding to something I had said, and I couldn't remember what I had said. And it was me saying, time for the Cubs to bring Sammy back. I said, this is stupid as shit. Who cares anymore? And he said, agreed. But he didn't write back for like three hours. I'm like, well, that's a good friend when you can really go back and forth. And then three hours later, they respond. So please email. But don't you feel like we're all on our phones too much? And I'm telling you, right now, and it's during the, the coronavirus, so we have more time. One of the best ways I feel like I'm making progress and being productive is every Sunday when you get that screen time little app notification. If my screen time is going down for that week or that day, I feel really good about myself. We should not be looking at our phones. It's fine that Tony LaRusso hopefully put his phone down for three hours, spent time with his family or watched a movie and was not just sitting there with it the whole time. He was probably talking to Mark McGuire and he's like, dumbass Kilcoin text me, oh shit, I didn't respond <laughs> I guess I should follow up. By the way, I don't even know what app you're talking about. On Sunday? You don't get screen time? No. Okay, well, I don't know if I have a you new You tweet iPhone. way more than I do. No, no, this is not This is not Twitter. Screen time, it, it basically measures how often you use your phone. And there are times where you look at it and it's like, oh, my goodness, I was using my phone for 10 hours that day, 11 hours that day. And the days where you only use it four or five, I feel very good. It'll break it down. It'll say, this is how much time you spend on Twitter on Facebook, on just Google, on on the internet, on calling people. We spend way too much time on our phones, and I'm telling you, it's good when you see that every week and it's going down, down, down. Is it possible Jess will like load it up and say, this is how much time you spent with your family? 
This is how much time you spent with your daughter. You know what, though? I always say, look, my phone, because we get in this argument, because I say, look, my phone is my computer and my iPad. Now, she has the iPad that she uses. She uses the PC. And I'm like, no, my phone is all of those things. And this is not just me playing around. Now, usually it is. But sometimes I'm actually looking at, and that's why I'll catch her. She'll be like, stop looking at your phone. I'll say, I'm doing work. Look at this. I looked up Jalen Rose's career earnings. <laughs> Leave me alone. That's usually what it is. But every once in a while, you got, if you're working in sports, you have to be looking at your phone. For example, all the time, all I'm doing is checking Twitter at least every half hour to see if baseball has a deal. We're trying to do sports every day. We're trying to figure out that's obviously going to be the lead story whenever baseball figures it the hell out. So every at least half hour, you have to check and see have they finally come to an agreement. And they have. It's part of the job. Yeah. It is part of the job. Although it is true, if your wife says, what are you doing over there? I'm like, I was trying to figure out how many years Roger Freed played for the Cardinals. You're like, you can't explain that. Uh, phone related. Autofill is what I'm told it is. Not autocorrect. Okay. But it finishes the sentence or the word for you. And I was texting somebody, see you today. And it was somebody I don't know well. It was like a story I was setting up. And it started as, it said, see you, Tiger. And I was like, oh, I don't really want me calling this person Tiger. It's some woman I'm about to interview, Tiger. And then a guy today picked up his son, his friends with my son, and it said, cocking now. And I didn't say anything to him, but I'm sure he meant like leaving now. Mm-hmm. And it just autocorrected. Maybe it was cocking. I don't know. Is there a way to un-auto-fill? Are you aware? I don't know that answer, but I feel like it's always funny. I'm not making this joke. Everybody else has made it. But if you say the F word, it'll change it. Is it to ducking Ducking, or duck, whatever it is? No one has ever said ducking in their entire life. I think it's funny. And, again, this is a sports guy thing. But I think a lot of guys that text back and forth about sports players, you'll use their last name, whether it's Pujols or Tarasenko, and then you start – I always find it funny when you start texting and then it, it brings up a sports person's last name. It just shows you how often you're actually texting that. You're like, honey, would you pick up some pudding at the store? Pick up pools at the store. <laughs> it happens. My favorite one where it filled for me or decided for me, or maybe it was just me being stupid. Probably. But I, I was sending a note to Tanya, who cuts my hair. And I said, time for a haircut. But I sent it to Tony, which was La Russa. And he wrote back, excuse me? And I was like, oh, shit. I just told La Russa, time for a haircut, which it probably was. And he's a guy who, true story, another person who used to cut my hair said they used to cut Tony's hair. And he would say, make it look like I didn't get it cut. Because that was his thing, right? Kind of an 80s, 70s, maybe 70s, more than 80s, right? We don't want that, didn't, like Dennis Eckersley, it's never yes. been, never been cut look. So of all people, I texted Tony and said, time for a haircut. Excuse me? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I was looking for Tanya, and I hit Tony. That's different from autofill. Anyway. Deep down, though, do you think the fact that Tony even said, though, make it look like I didn't get my haircut, do you think, even though he maybe doesn't want you to know this, that he actually really cares about how he looks? Oh, he cares about how he looks. Yeah, Yeah. He didn't know that. He doesn't know that I know that. Mm -hmm. The girl that cut his hair told me that years later. That that was his sort of M.O. when he got a haircut. If you think about the 80s, the late 80s A's, though, and I'm including Tony in this, they all had kind of the negative sideburn look where it was really cut high on the sides, and they kind of had those mullets, if you're thinking about Kinseiko 
and and Tony La Russa the same way, where his hair kind of yeah, it was a '70s look, and it kind of it kind of came out the sides a little bit and was long, and and that's why I think it was so hilarious when Kyle Loesch dressed up like Tony. Was that during the shingles? Yeah. And because Tony just has that that hairstyle, it's pretty funny. It's just like a funny kind of hairstyle that he's kept going for all these years. He's maintained. Much like we have, Chuck. We love you, Tony. Our show went away, came back, and now it continues online. Martin and Marlo, The Kill Coin Conversation, Episode 5, brought to you by the great folks at Triad Bank. Find them online at triadbanking.com. Talk to Jim Regnan this week. They're still helping folks, small business owners, still trying to fight through with all the COVID-19 fallout. And that's what they've done, help their clients. So if you're a small business owner, make sure you contact Triad Bank. Also... Marie Davila, Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Do a virtual tour pretty soon, I'm sure. Fred and Mary Kate, happy to have you on site to see what they're doing at Marie Davila Senior Living. And also, Chuck, you know all about Triad Bank. I do, and I just threw a nice referral to my guy at Triad Bank, Matthew Tobin. Work with Jim, but also work with Matthew Tobin. And I had a friend who was looking for a loan, and I sent them to Triad Bank because Triad Bank has been fantastic for me and helping uh, get all these rental properties going that I'm trying to do. And, and by far the best bank I've ever worked with. Relationship bank, once you start working with them, they trust you and you just, you get it done quick. How about your other friends? We'll call them friends of Chuck's. Friends of Chuck, we got uh, Kennelwood Pet Resorts dropping Otis off. He needs some training, he needs some training. He does, I can tell you another story actually. He's kind of an asshole dog. (laughs) It happened again, just because you brought it up. Otis did attack you a couple weeks ago. Today we were having furniture brought in these two gentlemen were carrying this heavy ass, what was it? Just like a, a big shelving case for my wife. And as they're carrying this heavy deal up the stairs and in, I'm trying to open the door for him. Otis starts biting this dude's calf. I felt terrible. It's not Kennelwood's fault. We need to take him to Kennelwood for training. Kennelwood Pet Resorts, seven convenient locations. We also have St. Louis Lawn Care, St. Louis Equipment, Corner Butcher, Kirkwood Pizzeria. Check them out. And I have a question about St. Louis Equipment, and there's a Jankerson involved, right? There is. Tim Jankerson. Is there any connection to Dennis Jankerson, who's the fire chief? Do we know? I don't know that. I got to ask him. I know on your Tim, list. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to email him because Tim has St. Louis Lawn Care and St. Louis Equipment. And every time I do this ad on the radio on 590 with Cam, I feel like the hockey guys know Tim Jankerson going back. I wonder if he played hockey with them, kind of. He's probably around my age, maybe a little older, but I'll ask him about Dennis. All right, Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to you. You too. Thank you. Uh, To all of our dads, my dad's been deceased for a number of years, but it is interesting when you think about the role they play. I've heard enough stories from you about Jim Marlowe, legendary Jim Marlowe, Mm -hmm. you laugh a lot, but tell me a little bit, for people out there, they know you, they've listened to you, they've seen you on TV, what your dad was like growing up and sort of the impressions he made upon you. Jim Marlowe, he's what, 71? Well, don't ask me, I don't know. No, I'm trying to... Oh, shit, you don't know how old your dad is? No, he's going to be 72 in October, retired for about seven years from his main job, which was a social worker at Toledo Hospital, worked there for for many decades, worked at the Children's Services Board. Before that, he still does social work training. So he's he's continuing, you know, he probably does that, I don't know, four or five times a month. He also recently taught a social work class 
and he's, he's taught kind of public speaking and interviewing classes at Bowling Green State University. He'll do that once a semester. That's where he went to, uh, to college. And even though he's retired, for, for sports fans listening, he's huge into collectibles. Baseball cards, all the trinkets and the antiques. I'm the one that got him back into baseball cards when I was about 11 or 12. What is that, almost 30 years ago. He had collected them as a kid like everybody did. And then once I got him back into them, I stopped after about three, four years, and he has collected baseball cards ever since, and he still goes and sets up at the shows, and that's kind of his hobby in, in retirement. And quite the musician? He is quite the musician. He's been in bands his whole life, the same group of friends. He has this group of friends that they've known each other since elementary school, so they're now in their, in their early 70s. But there's probably a rotating group of, let's say, 10 guys around the Toledo area. They grew up in Oregon, Ohio, which was kind of a – a little more rural farm town, maybe about 20, 30 minutes outside of Toledo. And all these buddies that they've they've known each other for 65 years probably. And they all kind of play music together and they go play bars and it's a pretty good time. Do you miss live music? I do. Like even if it's just the neighborhood bar, like going up and just seeing some old guys like your dad, like play the Traveling Wilburys and just kind of just sit there and have a beer with your wife and just hang out. That, I mean, I'm like Kenny Wallace, and he's he's this week's COVID shout-out. Right. I think we gave Kerber one, you got one. This week's COVID-19 shout-out goes to Kenny Wallace, who said, I want to punch COVID-19 or coronavirus in the fucking face. Okay? I agree. It's funny you say that because my nephew, Will, who I should know how old he is, too. I think he's four, maybe three or four. But you know how my, my sister put something online where... You know, they had an activity, and they said, Will, what do you want for your birthday? Or, Will, what do you want for whatever? And he said, this was this was a couple months into COVID. He said, I want to see my friends, and I want to punch the virus in the face. That's what a four-year-old said. That's what Kenny Wallace said. That's how everybody feels right now. Are you saying Kenny has the mentality of a four-year-old? Sometimes, and I say that with love. I love Kenny Wallace. I love Kenny Wallace. But it makes me miss live music. Thinking about Jim Marlowe and the gang playing some Wilburys, maybe some... They probably play American Pie, I bet. Oh, absolutely. 100%. What's funny, we always... We make fun of my dad for so many reasons, with love. But, so... What I like is that your mom visits without your dad. I oh, love that. Well, yes. There, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of disjointed travel there. However, we are all hanging out together in, in Michigan for a vacation coming up. We would always joke with my dad. Because he's a, he's a kid of the 60s, so he's a hippie. Loves all the 60s music and the Beatles and everything in the in the 70s. And my mom loves Bob Seger and all that. And and growing up, we always thought it was funny when my dad's band would, quote, play something new. And something new would be like a 1991 REM song in like 2005. You know, because it wasn't from 1974. That was new. Yeah, we were playing some new stuff. And it would always be something from 1992. And then again, this is not in 1992. This is in 2006. Hey, this uh, losing my religion. Apparently, the kids are really hot for this. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dad. That was big 14 years ago. And I'll tell you about my dad, who was a doctor. And so, obviously, that's where the brains come from. Clearly, clearly. And two hardest assignments in my life, and I would say. And the lovely missus is bringing. This is. We have a cameo. Kim Thank Kilcoin you. is here. Thank you so much. It's a Father's Day treat. But this is actually a test case because Kim is going down to see her dad tomorrow in Illinois, and it's a banana pudding special, but we get to taste test it. Honey, do you want to make a cameo on the podcast? This is, is, there's at least 20 people listening. 
Well, happy Father's Day to all those wonderful fathers out there. There's a lot of shitty ones, too. Yeah, that's true. No. But, the one, really but the ones that I know are, are pretty decent guys. And oh. I, yeah, I have to say that I appreciate them. That is, uh, it's banana pudding. But it hasn't had really a chance to chill because the stuff that I made for tomorrow is going to, like, chill for eight hours. So, um, But this is a rudimentary part of the recipe. I think it'll still be good, though. Kim's dad is a special guy, has owned and operated his own grocery store in southern Illinois for 50 years. McCord's Market, McCord's Market, West Frankfurt. Screw you, Walmart, Family Dollar, all these people that tried to squeeze him out, he's still going strong. Yep, that's my dad. He gets up at 4.30 in the morning and goes into work, and he's been doing it for 50 years. He's a, awesome. a great example for uh, work ethic, I would have to say. I can't wait to see him tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, take that, Chuck. Work ethic. <laughs> Why don't you get up at 4.30 and do something other than go to the bathroom? I used to do that. I used to have a paper route when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, for like a week or something. Two years. So my wife knew my dad before he passed. My dad died in the summer of 2006. But when I was really little, my parents were divorced, but I would spend time with my dad. And I'll never forget, I think I was seven. And we're in the car, and I told a joke, and it was either inappropriate or it was stupid, which is not surprising. And my dad was driving, and he turned around, and he said, I'm going to tell you something, son, about timing. <laughs> and he goes, there's a certain time when to tell a joke, how to say it, when it's funny, whatever. And I was like, okay, timing. I said, this is great, but I'm fucking seven, Okay. <laughs> And did you say the F word as a seven? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I might have. I might have. Uh, but my dad was a doctor, and my parents were divorced. But the one cool thing was when they lived apart, I got to travel. So I would go visit my dad in Seattle, and I was in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and I'd spend two, three weeks in the summertime. And my dad's at work, my stepmom's at work. I'd get on the bus in Seattle, and I'd go downtown. I'd be like on my own. I was like Ferris Bueller. And I'd come back, I'd ride the bus back, ride the bus down. And then I found a Mariners game that was like a day game. And he's like, you want the game tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, you think now we'd all be like freaked out? Like, we're not letting our kids leave the house? I go to this game because I wanted to see Gorman Thomas, former brewer, playing for the Mariners. And I'll never forget, I sat in the bleachers in left field. And I was like 13, 14. And some guy wanted a beer. And this is how few people, this is what's going to happen to baseball soon. Nobody will be there. And I'm not talking because the fans are not allowed, but because they're going to be so pissed off. But the beer vendor is behind the dugout, third base dugout. And a guy in left field yells, hey, beer man. And you think about that. There's no way at Bush Stadium on a full night you would ever get. And the beer man goes, you come here. I'll never forget because there were so few people at a Mariners game. So because of my dad, got to go to Seattle. And then he lived in Denver. Spent a lot of time around him. My dad was a brilliant person. And unfortunately, you don't always find out, you know, and, and I encourage you, your dad's alive. Kim, her dad's alive. Find out as much as you can about him now. So my dad was sick, then dying. And all these friends, these medical friends came out of the woodwork. And they're like, oh, your dad and I were working on um, hemophilia. hemophilia. And he goes, your dad's been looking at x-rays from kids in London. And my dad was retired. And I said, What? He goes, well, we're working on this thing about hemophilia your dad's really focused on because he was a radiologist. And it just bothered me. Like, I didn't know that, like, what he was working on, what he was doing, what he'd been up to. We also found out that he'd been writing textbooks for students. He actually yeah, dad, created textbooks for students that were studying radiology. Right. Dad wrote, and there was a, I think one of his friends gave it to me one time. It was like, Skeletal Radiology, co-written by Ray Kilcoin. I'm like, 
Well, I'll get to that right after Mickey Mantle's biography. You know, yeah. No, I'm not. You know, skeletal skeletal radiology. We will get to. So, to all the dads, my dad Ray Kilcoin, who this is going to shock you, went to Marquette medical medical school, and met my mom, who was an undergrad. Marquette Medical School does not exist anymore. My dad grew up in the great state of Ohio. My dad's from Dayton. Nice. Went to Dayton. And then Marquette for med school. Met my mom at Marquette. So to my dad, to your dad, to Kim's dad, happy Father's Day. How about this real quick because you're talking about colleges. So my dad went to Bowling Green State University. He got his social work master's at Tulane. But when he was choosing colleges, so he and my mom lived in New Orleans together for a couple years as he was getting his master's. He was down to two schools. He was down to Tulane and Washington University in St. Louis. And I'd never even heard of Washington University until he told me the story. But he chose Tulane because of the music scene. <laughs> That's he just you- liked, he liked the New Orleans jazz a little bit better than the St. Louis. We got jazz. We're like the yeah. home of jazz, I think. Just right? a little bit better. Right. Uh, as we tape, Father's Day weekend, the lovely Kim is here, the lovely Charlie is here. It's the Kill Coin Conversation. It's Martin and Marlowe, episode five. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, this is what we do. We just talk. We tell stories. And I eat the whole dessert. It was you really did. good. Oh, thank you. What did it have? Like Nilla wafer in there, I think? It was really good. Yeah. It's like a Grand Uh Probably by the time people hear this, there will have been another counterproposal from baseball and another rejection by players and the owners and the players. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I think the damage is so – and it's I hate hyperbole and people that have to have a hot take. I do think that the damage is significant. I think in this era, with people out of work, losing money, and the one sport that can't get their shit together is baseball, I think it's going to turn off people for a long time. And Costas, this is something I talked about on KTRS radio last week, people are already going to be hesitant to go back to the ballpark because of COVID concerns next year, the year after. And now you've given them another reason. And Costas talked to Rick Hummel the other day in the paper and said, you got to worry about attendance because of the other factors that are real and now the emotional factor that says, screw it, I'm not going to show up. I don't think it's hyperbole to say they've done significant damage. 100%. And what's really struck me the last week or so is it seemed like the last week, for a while it seemed like when you were buying a house, if the house was listed at 135 but you know you want to sell it for 130 and the buyer knows they're going to get it for 130 So they offer 127 and you meet at 130 So I thought this whole time, okay, you go 60 you go 70 I was convinced to the point I even, I bet Roman Duenez from Fox 2, the sports producer, I said they're going to have a deal, I'll bet you five bucks by Friday, and it's going to be 66 games. I can't believe the owners are so cheap that they can't come to a compromise of 64 or 66 games, which makes me think if both sides are digging in this hard right now during a crazy coronavirus year, I would be shocked at this point if there is not if there is not a strike or if there's not basically big time labor issues after the 21 season. If they are this dug in on this, what are they going to be like after 2021 when there are all these other issues they're trying to figure out? Yeah, and it's sort of sad as we talk about baseball and it's not imminent decline, but heading down a bad road. At the same time, we're talking about our dads because I remember going, my parents were divorced, but we were living in Milwaukee when I was a kid. 
my first Brewers game. I need to look it up, but I think George Scott hit like a walk-off homer or something. And as a kid, I was like eight or nine, and I remember George Scott. I'm like, oh, my God. Then they traded him for Cecil Cooper, who became one of my favorite Brewers, going to baseball games. And I went to more games with my mom than I ever did with my dad. But those moments, not to go Frank Cusimano and cue the sappy music, but dads and baseball, there really is a connection there. It's sort of sad that we're talking about Father's Day and we're talking about how baseball has just totally punted. And it's funny you mentioned going to games as as kids because when you said that earlier, I was thinking, my mom used to drop me off at Toledo Mudhens games, and that was my babysitter sometimes, <laughs> where she could just drop me off for three hours. And this was probably late 80s, early 90s, but I got to see guys like Jose Lima. I loved Jose Lima. I remember Tori Lovello. Me and my older brother used to joke all the time because we went to a game once and Tori Lovello, who's now a manager, threw his bat in the stands by accident. We had never seen that before. Yeah. So for the rest of our childhood, we would be in the backyard. We would throw our bat <laughs> and we'd say Tori Lovello. And it's just kind of coincidental. The other guy that we loved as kids was Tony Clark because Tony Clark was an absolute stud coming up for the Tigers. He was a really good player. And now, of course, he's the executive director of the uh, of the players union if you're the players and you're the owners right now when you're going into 21 do you want tony clark or rob manfred negotiating for you i feel like both of them look terrible right now no, i think both sides say let's start fresh yeah. i don't think that's an overreaction and one more baseball dad tangential dad lived in seattle but before they lived in tacoma and the tacoma triple a was the a's triple a mm-hmm. and i remember going to a game and seeing this young stud named mitchell page who ends up playing for the A's, who ends up as LaRusa's hitting coach in St. Louis. So it's all freaking full circle, okay? With that, we should wrap it because this is what we do. This is why Brad Strobinger enjoys the show so much. Tell your friends. Subscribe. I'm not smart enough to know about YouTube or iTunes or Spotify, but it's all there. You can find it online. Back every Monday with a fresh episode, so make sure you subscribe. And uh, spread the word. Chuck, have a great Father's Day. You too, sir. Happy Father's Day and a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And special cameo shout-out to the wife, the missus, Kim Kilkin over here, serving the banana pudding. And this show has been served by Triad Bank and Marie Davila Senior Living. Whenever possible, weave in a sponsor. Talk to you soon.